Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with John and Lisa. And Lisa, it's always a blast. That to was do a this little rocky you. start for you. I know, I know. For those of you that weren't involved, there was about four takes just to get the first five words out of my mouth. But anyway, Lisa, I am so excited about today's program. Uh, we are actually going to be talking about something that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. I want everybody to be in suspense, okay? <laughs> so I, I know I'm in one of those moods. Anyway, we are now, and for everybody that's listening, I have exciting news. We are now doing this on video, so you can go to Lisa Bevere or you can go to John Bevere on YouTube and actually watch the Messenger podcast. You can see the funny faces that Lisa makes when I say something stupid or the funny faces I make when she says something that's brilliant. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> you didn't want to say that I say stupid things? Because I do. I don't. Okay. I really don't. That's All right, very so sweet. Let me, do, let me say this, though. The Conversations is a part of the Messenger network, and we have the Messenger podcast. We mm -hmm. also have The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, <laughs> and we have the podcast called Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. And so now we're going to do drum roll. What we are talking about today is... Lisa Bevere's brand new book that I watched her labor and labor and labor over called Godmothers, right? <laughs> yes, it's called. <laughs> yes, it uh, is called Godmothers. Why you need one and how to be one. Honey, and let me say I'm so this. This is you. so exciting because you know, when Lisa's writing a book, she reads excerpts to me and <laughs> to make I, sure I'm theologically correct. <laughs> But I find them to be absolutely amazing. But this book actually launches next week. In fact, one week from today. So, baby, I, I'm so sorry. I was rolling, steamrolling in the introduction because I want to get to talking about this. Yeah. So, Well, thank you. Well, yeah. I, um, I love that you're excited about this message. <laughs> I, I, I know that you always wished you had daughters and you got four sons. So kind of we can have fake, we can have goddaughters. Right. Because yeah, we can't have... Uh, daughter daughters anymore yes. because even though you don't like us to say we're older we are old enough to only be grandparents not parents anymore but i do want to say the principles of what lisa's talking about first of all i believe it's it's i believe this is our future yours and mine but the principles apply to men and women so i believe there needs to be godfathers and there needs to be godmothers and mm -hmm. that's why i'm hoping that all you guys will stay tuned don't turn this off because we're talking about godmothers you need to hear this because men need godmothers, yeah, not just women. Well, I feel like we have a lot of orphans. I mean, we have sons and daughters that feel very orphaned. And, you know, women need father figures and men need mother figures in their life. But you know how this kind of started for me, John, is I was meeting with my team. My team is really smart about things that I'm not smart about. And they had sat down and they said, do you know who your demographic is? I'm like, my what? And they're like, we're going to show you your analytics I didn't even know that was the thing. I do know that now on your social media. And I found out that the people who turn to me are 25 to 34 years of age. That's my number one demographic. And when they told me that, I burst into tears. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I said, don't you see? That is the age of my boys. These are young women who are looking for a mother. And it just hit me. Wow. What an incredible... Uh, honor and responsibility that was. So I, I wrote the book Godmothers basically because there were so many things I wish somebody would have told me 
when I was in that age group of 25 to 34, and nobody was uh, passing on those information. And, and then I also realized that there's a lot of women my age that don't understand that these young women are looking to them and saying, I need what you have on your life. And so I thought, what if I wrote something called Godmothers? And again, it has nothing to do with fairies, even though there is a wand on the cover, don't be disturbed. It's about focus and it's about blessing. And it's not about mafia. So don't be worried about that. It's but not. It's not. Okay. But Godmothers are people that come across your life at desperate times and celebrations and they cheer you on. They're not on your side. They're by your side. They've Love walked that. They've walked those paths before you. And so they want you to do it well. And I just think it's a tragedy, John, that we have every generation having to relearn the same things over and over and over again. And so I decided I'm just going to open up my life and I'm going to invite goddaughters in and I'm going to invite godmothers to actually understand that Young girls want what's on your life. They want you to tell your story. They want you to input and uh, surround them with support and your wisdom. You know, I'm, I remember how lonely we felt. When we were a young couple starting a ministry, mm-hmm. we wanted so desperately to have somebody who had walked the path before to sit down and tell, tell us we weren't crazy, to tell us to stay or, steady, Or that steadfast. we were crazy. Or that we were crazy. We needed to hear both. At different times, we needed to hear both. We did. And that's why I'm so excited about this message, because I remember the loneliness that we felt. And we would actually shed tears saying, we don't know what we're doing. We're trying our best. And um, this is something that God ordained. I mean, if you look at the book of Titus, let older women teach younger women, older Mm -hmm. men teach young men. And um, it needs to be restored. And I think the sad thing is everybody felt so competitive with each other back in those days. Oh, you're a threat to my kingdom. I mean, that's the way Saul was. David, you're a threat to my throne. When in reality, David was desperate for a father to be a father to him, Saul to be a father to him. So um, this is so needed, Lisa. Thank you for writing it, because I know the hours and hours and hours that you spent laboring over this book. Well, and I appreciate your patience. You know, one of the things uh, that I feel like is super key in this message is, you know, you hear all the time about fight or flight, but what you don't hear but you are seeing is the third thing. It's called freeze. Now it's okay if you find yourself in a momentary panic and you freeze because you're saying, okay, what is the best approach? Do I run? Do I fight? What do I do? So freeze is okay if it is a pause, if it is a temporary posture. But this is what I'm finding. I'm finding a lot of the younger people in this age group, this age group we're talking about, I would actually take it from 25 to 44. They yeah. are frozen. They are frozen. They don't know whether to fight. They don't know whether to, to you know, run. And they're frozen and they're trapped. And this is what I have actually found. These are not evil people. These are not even necessarily cowardly people. These are people who don't want to disappoint God. Because what I hear from them all the time is, I don't want to miss God. And, you know, last year, when we celebrated your 60th birthday, this year was mine, but last year was yours, we hosted some beautiful friends at at, at the Broadmoor. And they have a spa there. And our friends, Phil and Dana, Phil was like, I don't really need a facial. How about you take my facial? And I was like, I would love that. And I ended up in the spa and I was in this beautiful room where you could see the mountains. 
the waiting area before they take you away for your amazing massage. And this young girl comes in. You were all in robes. She comes in. She goes towards the window. She looks at the mountain. Then she turns around. She looks at me and she starts crying. And I thought, wait a minute. What have I done? Is this an ex-girlfriend of one of my sons? How do I know her? My brain is just racing, trying to put placement on this young girl. And she opens up her arm, John, and in the curve of her arms is the book Without Rival. And I was like, wait a minute, we're connected. So I jump up, I hug her, and I invite her to sit down with me. And she begins to open up her life. She was newly married. She had newly moved. She was at a new church. She had had was wanting to make new friends. She was in a completely new, 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 new season. And she said, I just feel like I can't make any decisions. I feel frozen. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about this. She said, I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss God. And so I told her, I said, you know, the enemy will often use our, our desire to be godly, our desire to honor our father to freeze us. Yeah. He'll say, oh, you'll make a mistake. So you better well not do said. that. Yep. So I, so I talked to her, prayed with her, and was back in our room and just pondering, thinking, gosh, I wish that was the first time I heard that. But I've heard that so many times. And I will say, especially from the younger and women and women. And so I said, all right, God, what's going on with this? And he said, Lisa, tell them I'm a really big target. Tell them I am hard to miss. He said the only way they're going to miss is if they don't shoot. The only way they're not going to find me is if they don't move. You know, it's so beautiful. So well put. Yeah, but that God tells us. He just says, my mercy and grace does what? Follows. It follows. If you're not moving, hey, he's there with you. But he's like, hey, just get moving. And I also love the promise I believe it's in Isaiah, but you are my concordance, if I'm wrong, that says you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. So if we're walking, we know which way to go. But if we're frozen, we're just stopped and standing. And so I just want to put it out there that there may be some people right now, they're listening, that they feel frozen. They feel absolutely frozen. And the enemy has used your own good conscience against you. Or maybe they made mistakes in the past. So what? Who hasn't? You and I have been in the ministry for 30 years. Have we made mistakes? Oh, my goodness, yes. And, <laughs> and you know, Lisa, as you were talking, I kept thinking about in sailing school. I had two years of sailing school. There's a thing He's called— awful at sailing. I'm just going to say no, it. No, I'm not. He dumped me in the ocean. And it was on purpose because I knew how to tip. You say that a, I now. knew how to tip a boat back up, and I was trying to have fun with you in the nice clear waters we were sharks. in. It was the Caribbean. So anyway, but there's a thing called irons, and irons yeah. is when you're pointed straight into the wind, and you can't get out of it. And the reason you can't get out of it is because you're not moving. Wow. So how do you steer a boat out of out of irons when it's not moving. You can't do it. How do you steer a car if it's sitting in a garage? Can't. So if we are frozen, how does the Spirit of God direct our lives? That doesn't mean that I'm throwing out what the Bible calls waiting on God. Waiting on God means that you are allowing Him to move in your life, but that doesn't mean that you're frozen. You're not going to, quote, make 
things happen in the sense of promoting yourself or positioning that's yourself. That's about motive, right? That's about Not, your motive. There's difference when you're between waiting on God, right? Motive and movement, right? God is but just movement like, get moving. Means, <laughs> yeah. Are there people in your neighborhood that are hurting? Yeah. Go help them. Yeah. Are there people in your uh, classroom at school? That, that are lonely, go sit with them at lunch. I mean, you're moving towards what? Ministering to people. And that goes all the way up to, well, I don't know if I should go in the marketplace or if I should go into healthcare. Which, you know, which one is your heart pulling you towards and start moving that direction? And if you're in the wrong direction, God knows how to do it. Because Lisa, I remember yeah. I was moving towards corporate America. I was so focused. I was, I'm in Purdue University. I'm studying engineering. My professors are getting me into Harvard to go to their business school. And all of a sudden, God says, uh-uh, this is the way. Walk in it. And God said, I've called you to ministry, not into yeah. corporate America. And so I have found that when God is quiet and he's not doing things, it means I'm on the right path. Just keep going. Right. And there's people out there, you think, you're like, God, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? Well, I know that I can start very simply you're called to love your children. You're called to love your husband. That's you're called good. to love your neighbor. You're called to do good. You're ca called to bless rather than curse. You're called to serve rather than make it all about yourself. So there's things that you can actually just start with right now, but I think you have to start. And you know, I, I'm looking through the scriptures and I can see that David had a revelation that there was no place he could go where God was not. You know, I want to read this. It That's says, really and I'm going to read, I'm going to read the ESV, then I'm going to read the message, just in case y'all are wondering if I'm scriptural or not. He says in Psalm 139, verses five and six, he says, you hem me in. That means God is like, he's hemmed you in. He's surrounded you behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Hmm. See, I just love that. You're all around me. You're in front of me. You're behind me. And God is saying, He's saying, God has his hand on him. You have your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. The message paraphrase reads, I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. See, there's too many people that think God is on the sideline. He's not surrounding you. He's not before you. He's not behind you. His hand isn't on your life. You're thinking, no, his arms are crossed. He's mad at me. He's watching for me to make a mistake. Well, you know what? Maybe that's what your natural father did. Maybe that's what coaches did. Maybe that's what teacher did. Maybe that's what ex-husband did. Maybe that's what an ex-wife did. But that is not who God is. God so is good. So good. And he is not trying to trick you. He is not trying to trick you. And the enemy wants to make it all about our ability to follow instead of God's ability to lead. And so we just need to let him lead us and we just follow. And here's the thing, you know, if we make a mistake, you and I have learned, it's a lesson. You're like, wow, you know, the beta Satan book, I'm just gonna tell everybody out there, the beta Satan book, how it even happened was from a mistake we made. Remember we met with the publisher because we'd been ripped off by another publisher and we sat there and he said, you know what, you have just paid tuition. You have just learned this is not one way. We're like, but it cost us money. And he's like, well then redeem it. And then he said, what are you preaching, John? And you started to share with him. I'm telling you, God has opportunities even in your mistakes. Yes. He has opportunities in your mistakes. Yes. Okay, so, all right. He doesn't, the enemy doesn't want you to know this. He wants you to think that you're going to make such a big mistake 
that you're going to fail. Well, I'm just going to tell you, the Bible says the righteous man falls, not once, but seven times and gets back up. So our righteousness is not based on how many times we don't fall. It's based about how many times once we fall, we get back up. Fell. Oh, Sorry, good. not fault. Fell. We get it back up. It was really up. good there. Yeah. So this is not, we're not talking about moral failures. We're not talking about things that are illegal. We're just talking about faltering. We're talking about tripping. We're talking about, wow, I thought that was a good idea. It was a bad idea. So where can you reach and not touch something that declares the existence of God? Where can you look and not see who he is? If you lift your eyes up to the stars, you see his majesty. We live in Colorado. You just open up a window. You see the mountains. And you're like, whoa, there is God. But if you even look at a plant, you and I have been working this summer with plants, you can see the wonder of God right? and everything of creation. And David just had such a revelation that there was nowhere he could go to be away from God's spirit. Okay, so I want to ask a question. How do you engage the godmothers with the goddaughters? Okay, is it that the goddaughters are ignoring the godmothers, or is it the godmothers ignoring the goddaughters? How do the two get connected? I mean, to me... Well, this is my hope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is my hope. That's where the gap is. Ab- absolutely. My hope is that they will begin to see each other. But you know what? Right. You don't see what you're not looking for. And so I want the godmothers to open their eyes and realize there are younger women in their world that need them. Like, for example, you don't have to be perfect to be a godmother. You don't have to know everything to be a godmother. You just need to know more than the person you're pouring into well, in that season of your life. Yeah, you've traveled roads they haven't traveled. Well, you could have a 20-year-old pouring into a 15-year-old. Yeah. You can have me, a 60-year-old, pouring into everybody that's younger than me because I've traveled down that road more. But what is happening is the idea of perfection is freezing everybody. Jill Churchill has this incre- incredible quote that I opened up one of my chapters with in Godmothers, and it says there is, I think, hang on, There is no way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. And I think that we are so busy trying to be perfect that we're missing the good of growth. We're missing the connection. And so, yes, the, the older women need to start looking for the younger women. And they need to reach out and they need to say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? What what is on my life that could help you? But flip side of that is the goddaughters need to look to the godmothers. Like, for example, they need to look around. Let's say, let's say you're a young mother. What you do is how you find your godmother is you find somebody who has already raised their kids. It's one thing to call your friends and say, my kids are making me crazy. And she'll say, my kids are making me crazy too. Yay. That means you're not alone, but it doesn't help you get through something. So you got to look for a woman who already is where you want to go. Okay, now I'm going to make this really a little tougher. How do you know that that woman that's older has your best interest? Because do we just open up and trust everyone? Because I do remember there were people in our earlier years that we kind of hoped we could look to. And when we finally looked to them, they did not speak to our best interest. Yeah, but I think that so we we weren't smart. What are some of the signs we want to look for? You have to look for people that have fruit. You have to look for people that have the fruit. Yep. So again, when we're talking about people in motherhood, you look to somebody who has already raised their kids. I know that Havla reached out to me by posting my Christmas card, photo, picture, whatever on her Instagram and said, she has four boys. 
I need to know her because I have four boys and I and her boys are all alive and they're all grown up. So what she did mm -hmm. intentionally was she looked at our family. She said she's got four boys. She has similar circumstances, but she's in her next season. So we want to get women who are seasoned by life. They've done it well. There's a, I mean, the Bible's very clear. I think it actually should be the same qualification as an elder, somebody who's not given to gossip, somebody who is not given to drunkenness. That's what I'm looking for. Somebody, well, hey, give me hints. Somebody <laughs> who, is godly, who is godly in their approaches, that they're noble, right. that they the virtuous women. That they fear God. They fear God, absolutely. And so, yeah, you want to look for those women, and all of those things are are indicators of the fruit of fearing God. So we want virtuous women. And then, so the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is safe. And and, and I want to qualify this. The yeah. fear of the Lord is when somebody is terrified to be away from God. They're terrified to displease him, to hurt his but heart. But not to the place of being frozen. But no, I'm talking yeah. about that you can see this. And this yeah. is something I saw in leaders over me when I was young in ministry. Mm -hmm that I didn't, I didn't recognize it. And Lisa, I, I would see tremendous gifting on a leader's life. Yeah. And because of that tremendous gifting, I ignored the fact that I could see that that leader didn't have a fear of God. Yeah. But, but we were also raised saw, that that was okay, that the I, gifting qual justified then, the lack of character. But then I saw leaders who were gifted. Mm -hmm. They were gifted, but they had a tremendous fear of God. Mm-hmm. Those, in looking back, were the people that were safe. And isn't it interesting that Solomon says, the woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. The same is true for a man. And so I, I would encourage all, everyone listening, that's what you want to look for. A person who fears God is a person that is going to passionately want your best interest. They want you to grow into all God's called you to be and not try to make you subservient to them just so they can have another set of legs and somebody else that they can yeah, command around and, 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 and so that's yeah, can, what can I, I close yeah can I close with this um, yeah because I was in shock John when I went into focus on the family studios and recorded the audio version of the book which I'm super excited we're going to share a chapter from on um, the next messenger podcast but when I started to revisit what I had written yep. pre-covid pre-2020, uh, I started to see how prophetic this book was. Like, as an instance, there's this story. I close out with being a woke mother, okay? And I talk about how Deborah, Deborah, it said that village life had ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. But another version of that says village life had ceased. No, another version said, there were no warriors in the land until I, Deborah, arose. And what I'm feeling right now, and I'm reading what was happening, and there was no village life, meaning there was no commerce. They were, their trade routes were closed. The people were not willing to go out and work their fields. Right. So even what God had given them, they wouldn't go out because they were afraid of being attacked. John, this is our day right now. People are afraid to go out. They're afraid they're going to get the virus. They're afraid of being attacked with violence or looting or slander and, and all these different things that are going on. And yet everything changed when a mother woke up. And I believe that mothers have a heart for the sons and the daughters and for the men because Deborah, she calls for Barack. And when she woke up, 
then the children found that life was connected again. And I just want to, I want to close with this scripture because I feel like right now we've got people that are quick to protest. It's easier to protest than it is to make peace. And something you always say, there's the difference between peacemakers and peacekeepers. Peacemakers confront, meaning they, that can be uncomfortable to make peace, whereas peacekeepers compromise to maintain a false peace, that very fragile peace. And what I love is in Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And the message says, you are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. And I feel like in our season of life, John, we've seen the competing and fighting, but we feel that what is on our life right now is to teach people not to compete and fight. And then it says, that's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. So I'm giving you the designation of Godfather, even though you're not Sicilian. Oh, well, yeah, I'm Italian. It's, it's, it's honorary. It's honorary only. So I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been absolutely amazing. And Lisa, thank you for answering that hard question because I think it's very important. And um, I just love listening to you. This message is erupting out of you. And I believe it's been given by the Spirit of God. And I believe there's a lot of authority behind it that's going to liberate young women and older women both. Yeah, and to so do with thank the you for to uniting the you. generations. So let me just make this comment, everybody. Please, um, Lisa and I ask that you would rate and review and subscribe to Conversations. Because when you do this, what happens is the message gets out to more people. And today, when you pre-order the Godmother's book, so listen, this oh. is a limited time. When you pre-order it, remember, it's coming out next week, you get the audio book for free. So you basically get the hardback book and the audio book so you can have it both ways. And so it's a pretty good deal. And what you need to do is you need to go to messengerpodcasts.com backslash godmothers. I'm going to say it again. Messengerpodcasts.com backslash godmothers. Okay. And then Lisa... Yes. I, I'm really excited about this new show that you have coming on called um, Godmothers, right? The, no, and no, the, the Godmother. The Godmother. Because I'm going to be by myself. Right? I will have something. <laughs> and they can go to Apple Podcasts and get it. They can go to Spotify. They can go wherever they get their podcasts. And so everyone, listen, Lisa and I appreciate you so much. Just want to say also that all of our courses, most all of our courses, can be found at messengercourses.com. This is something we put a lot of effort in to disciple your life. And literally, Messenger International, we have poured tons of resources and time into this. And you get to choose your monthly contribution. So if you say, hey, $5 is all I can do a month, that's great. We have put our very best foot forward to disciple you through these over 30 courses that are on messengercourses.com. So everybody, until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and The Messenger Podcast. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time.